There is physics and biology and chemistry inside her, um, but that which she is uh, famous for is not that. You know, that's, that's just the car she's riding in, her physical body, you know, um, and it's a very flash Ferrari too, but that's not the point. You know, the fact that she's got physics, chemistry and biology in her is not causing her to be what she is. What's causing her to be what she is is something in that other zone that's got nothing to do with physics, chemistry and biology. It's in that whole other zone that my friend and I, you know, the both of us, both of us being 98 years of age as you listen to me right now, have been wasting our time speaking about on a physics, chemistry and biology level. Um, And if you do put aside all that human, human stuff... If you do put aside that human stuff, people like Beyonce and Little Richard and Kanye West suddenly become nothing much. In fact, nothing at all. You know, they, they haven't offered us anything. They're pointless. And suddenly the greatest people in the, on the, in the world become the people who, for example... Um, discover, you know, Einstein and his E equals MC squared or Newton and his force equals mass times acceleration or the bloke here in uh, Australia who invented Wi-Fi. Sometimes, suddenly, these people start to become the greatest people on Earth. You know, Kanye is... um, Kanye West is... and, And Little Richard, both of them, you know. Little Richard's still alive, you know, as I speak here. Approaching 90 now. Um, they are still strutting about saying, I am the greatest human being that has ever existed, you know. Um, but suddenly, if you confine yourself to physics, biology, and chemistry as, you know, something that you're interested in, and that's what this series of episodes is interested in, we don't, we don't care about all that stuff anymore. You know, we don't care about racism, we don't care about feelings, we don't care about if people get killed, you know. Um, we don't care about discrimination, we don't care about anything, all that human interaction feeling stuff. It's irrelevant. We don't care about philosophy, we don't care about whether you love yourself or not, we don't care whether you hate yourself, we don't care, care whether you commit suicide, we don't care whether you believe in God, we don't care whether you're an atheist. Um, we don't care about your development as a human being, we don't care if you're in pain, um, and we don't care if you're enjoy we don't we we don't care anything about you um we don't care if you're lonely and we don't care if you are surrounded by loved ones you know we don't care if you're Anne Frank in an attic and that sounds terrible but we don't you know in a physics comma biology comma chemistry classroom we don't care about any of that we don't care about the holocaust you know, we, we don't care about the potato famine in Ireland. We don't care about anything. You know, all the things that matter to me and my 98-year-old friend in terms of our discussions over a lifetime, none of that matters. None of that mattered. We wasted our time in terms of getting anywhere, in terms of physics, chemistry and biology, you know, the study of those things. We forgot a whole level of um, the gift 
that is this universe, we've got to even talk about it, you know. And I almost forgot to talk about it in this podcast and then suddenly realised, oh, gee, I should talk about physics. And that's, you know, hence this series of episodes called Physics. Now, because I was talking about human interactions over and over, ad nauseum, you know, Australian culture, Ethiopian culture, you know, I've, I've got episodes on those. Racism, anti-racism, you know, human rights, all this is, oh, so eventually I got to a point where I was saying, hang on, you know, very egocentric of me. It's almost like I think that um, human feelings and human relationships are all there is in this universe, and I'm spending my whole life talking about those. Uh, now, I, don't, I won't forget about all those. You know, like, for example, I just did seven episodes as a break from physics on Australian culture, you know, just waffling. Um, so I'm not going to forget about all those things, but I want to put those things aside. And that's what I've been doing in this series of episodes. The Zen that can be found in studying physics in as much as it gives you a chance to forget about not only yourself for a bit and all your issues, your need to, to love yourself or heal yourself or find yourself and all that sort of stuff, you know, or relate to others, uh, but not only that, to forget for a little while about the human condition itself. You know, it's a chance to forget about philosophy and spirituality. Um, it's the Zen in all of that. You know, sometimes I feel that um, meditation and all that sort of thing, a lot of that is to... Uh, well, not meditation. Meditation, does that... That tries to uh, get you escaping your human condition as well, doesn't it? Doesn't that try to get you uh, tapping into just your breathing and you know, the vibrations in the universe and all that sort of thing? Um, but, you know, there's Zen in that too, meditation, isn't there? But just the pure study of physics, let's say doing physics formulas all day long for a month and really getting excited by physics, you know, which is a study of the universe, so there's Zen in it. You know, it's, it's connecting with the universe uh, and forgetting about the human condition, you know, forgetting about who you are, forgetting you exist even, you know. In the middle of doing a physics formula in an exam in year 12 or whatever, if you're getting into that physics formula properly, you have forgotten who you are even. You've forgotten your name. You've forgotten who you love. You've forgotten, well, let's say you got married at 16 and you're doing a physics exam at year 12. You've forgotten the name of your wife, your children. Um, you've forgotten everything. You've forgotten about your troubles. You've forgotten to heal yourself. You know, not, not everything about your day now is a chapter 
in your day or you know in your life of healing yourself and fixing yourself and being a better person and growing yourself and learning about yourself and um, all that stuff is there Zen in it just studying physics studying the universe looking up into the stars or looking deep into the molecules you know, of um, something under the microscope and staring into the atom. Is there Zen in that? And I think the answer would be yes to the extent that as you do that sort of stuff, you have forgotten that you not only matter, but that you even exist. At that moment in time, even if the human race went, in, went extinct, that wouldn't bother you at all because you don't even know the human race exists in the middle of a particularly difficult physics equation. And I think maths, mathematics, is even better at that. There's something zen in that. Now, there are other things into which you can lose yourself um, music, for example, I don't. F I find that rap is not a really good way of losing yourself. In fact, yeah, because the very nature of rap seems to be uh, to immerse yourself in the human condition. You know, if I've got any criticism of rap, and I've got quite a few criticisms of rap, um, you know, from my perspective, because I'm chauvinistic, but I don't like rap. But rap is not really music in any sublime sense. It's more uh, a, an avenue via which people immerse even more heavily into the human condition. So for people who want to just spend their lives swirling around within the human condition and, you know, within their own spirituality and their own cultural needs and their feelings and all that sort of stuff, you know, rap is really good because it seems to be very much into that. You know, I'm talking about Mozart, for example, though. You know, what I would call uh, music that can be de detached from the human condition. You know, it's not, you know, as you're listening to Mozart, you don't have to be thinking about yourself. You know, whereas rap, I think, encourages you to think about yourself, you know, to identify with it on a human level. Whereas, you know, something like um, you know, a lot of, well, there's some Mozart, you know, that do... Uh, music, some of Mozart's music does make you um, respond on a very human level and makes you miss a loved one and all that sort of stuff. All right, so it can be used for human um, condition kind of thinking, uh, but it also can be used to uh, forget you even exist and that even humans exist. And, you know, it can elevate you into a sublime state of mind. A sublime state of mind sorry I got interrupted um, in the same way that a study of mathematics can do that or a study of physics or as I understand it I've never done it before meditating properly in a sort of yoga way you know such that you uh, have forgotten the name you don't have any problems because you've forgotten you even exist you know but I think physics can do that maths can do that and uh, the probably the challenge in doing maths and physics properly is can you really get into it? Can you forget about yourself? Can we go out to dinner 
tonight and forget about, you know, the human condition and just talk about physics. Are we able to do that and maths and get right into it and get excited by it and, um, and not bring that back to how we're feeling or our human relationships or our condition or our need to become a better person or have growth, you know? Or can we not bring that back to spirituality? Are we able to do that, you know, that sort of thinking? And I think there's Zen in it, physics, if you can do that. Um, if you can't, then we're really just doing a... We're just, um, we're just using physics to talk about what we wanted to talk about all along, and that is just, you know, uh, human relationships and how we're feeling and, you know, God and all that sort of stuff. We're just using it as an excuse... You know, we're pretending we want to talk about physics, but what we really want to talk about is human relationships and, you know, um, how, how our growth and our healing and our health, you know, our health of mind and all that sort of stuff, you know. That's what I'm getting at. If I was to summarise the episode coming up, it's um, um, a slight attempt by me to move myself into the zen of physics. How does that sound? Um, before I go on, if, you, if, you, if one can slip into the Zen of physics and put aside all the human condition stuff, you know, humanitarianism, um, fairness, uh, human rights, feelings, healings, all that stuff, suddenly a lot of the people you know, on earth who are lauded, you know, lauded, lauded as being vital and important in the universe are the great humanitarians you know martin luther king i have a dream meryl streep you know i have you know i have a long list of charities um that i support none of them of which are addressing the gap between the very rich and the poor in america hello meryl how are you um and you know one I use all the time, Kanye West and Beyonce, you know, all these people, Little Richard, you know, all the people who we often think are the greatest people in the world suddenly become irrelevant, pointless, you know, in such a discussion. Um, and suddenly the people who are suddenly important are all the great physicists in history and they're the greatest people that ever lived. You know, some of whom are Australians even, you know, that's part of our culture, to produce some of these great people who, you know, when we are in a physics frame of mind, um, are, are great. You know, they've invented, you know, like Australians, my goddaughter and I were looking up this last night, Australians have invented uh, a range of things. Um, oh, we went through it last night, I didn't even know half of them. You know, whether it's the ultrasound, uh, black box fire, flight recorders, uh, what was the whole list of things? You know, Wi-Fi, which I've mentioned before. Um, uh, uh, penicillin uh, for medical applications. You know, um, penicillin as can be used for, you know, worldwide medical use. Um, you know, and that guy that invented Wi-Fi, the, uh, John O'Sullivan, um, Australian, um, he was studying black holes and he transferred that 
contemplation across to inventing Wi-Fi here on Earth. Amazing, you know. Suddenly all these people become the greatest people on Earth and people who walk around saying they're the greatest people on Earth, and I'm thinking of Kanye West and Little Richard, for example, you know, and Meryl Streep and, um, you know, the great um, social activists of history, uh, for example, John Wesley, you know, and Wilberforce and all these people. Um, and the greatest l- human leaders in the world, um, Jesus, you know, uh, Buddha, all these people suddenly uh, become not great anymore um, when measured up against these other great people like Einstein and Newton you know, and uh, Maxwell and um, all these sorts of people, you know, Oppenheimer. <laughs> Boom. Okay. I've got only a couple more minutes, maybe five, before I get to my next destination in my endless round of ferrying people around. And I'm going to use that to get back into physics. I've just done a series, you probably can't even tell from where you sit. Uh, But I've just done a series on Australian culture because I needed a break. And uh, so I did something like seven episodes in a row, bang, 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 you know, just while I was driving around and all that sort of thing on Australian culture, only because I just wanted to do something off the top of my head and something that I didn't have to think about. Um, but with physics, I, I do find myself having to think a little bit and structure my thoughts. Um, so I'll use this last few minutes before I reach this destination uh, to ease myself back into physics, which I'm doing now. Now, when, you know, I've done a fair few episodes on physics. Most of them have just been me chatting about physics and having a bit of fun with it. Um, rather than, you know, um, helping you know more about physics itself, uh, the way the world works, excluding biology and chemistry, you know, because physics, physics is about the real world. Um, Things you can measure and all that sort of thing. Detect physically. Uh, Physics is about all that stuff in the real world. Except for anything to do with biology and anything to do with chemistry. Which seems weird. You know, why shouldn't physics um, include life? Um, Biology. And why shouldn't it include um, chemical reactions? Well, the answer to that, I think, is that it does. Deep down at the sort of atomic and subatomic level, there's physics sitting underneath chemistry and biology. So the way the atoms are all bouncing off each other in a life form like me The way the atoms are banging into each other and all that sort of thing um, is physics, you know. So it is the the, uh, there's physics in the underlying uh, 
structure <laughs> of life and chemistry. Um, but it's down at an atomic level, and um, it's almost like, um, you know, I'm just making this up as I go along, but it's almost like um, chemistry, for example, is almost like cooking to me. You know, like if you were cooking, baking a cake, um, and you've got a recipe that you're following, um, we don't call that recipe, and I hope I'm not going to offend chemists here, uh, but uh, chemistry is very high-end cooking. Does that make you feel better? I didn't do chemistry, so, you know, you guys are my enemy. We were on, we were on level five and you were on level eight. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, and there's always a little bit of a yeah, food fight <laughs> between the different groups. Anyway, um, cooking, when you're following a recipe, um, we don't call that physics. We know there's physics down below when you're baking a cake in the way that all the atoms are banging into each other and bonding you know, to bake a cake, bake a cake, you know. Milk in the batter, milk in the batter, you know. Uh, um, we know there's physics way, way down, but we kind of switch off from all that physics and just take it for granted. You know, so a physicist would be interested in getting the old microscope out and, and the electron microscope even, and as you're cooking, and peering deep into the the batter, the mixture, as it's in the oven. You know, you'd find a clever way to do that because physicists are very inventive, the way they can do that. Um, and, you know, he'd hook up a microscope to look into the oven and look at what's happening with with the atoms as, the, as your cake is cooking and see the physics way down to a deep level and figure out how the cake seems to be firming up, if I can put it like that, as it gets cooked, as it gets cooked. You know, there's the physics, way, way down below, you know. And, um, but the cook, the chef, doesn't call himself a physicist, even though he's dealing with physics at a, a, a you know, deep down, fundamentally, way down, you know, he really is causing um, molecules and atoms to bond and break apart and all this sort of thing, you know, and all the forces of physical nature uh, do exist down there um, at an atomic and a subatomic level, but we don't call a chef a physicist just because physics happens to underlie the, that which he is doing. Yeah, otherwise... I'm a physicist just because I'm driving a car. You know, um, a football player is a physicist every time he kicks a football. You know, and we've spoken about that too before, or a cricket player, you know, because there's a lot of physics involved um, in when you kick a football, taking account of the air resistance and the wind and which way you're going to spin the ball to give it greater stability and all that sort of stuff. So yes, footballers are physicists, natural born physicists, chefs are natural born physicists, um, and I'm a natural born physicist just for driving this car, you know, because I am putting my foot down and 
causing the engine to deliver a force to the car um, which is causing it to cover distance you know and all that sort of stuff you know um, and so on so we're all physicists we're all natural born physicists because we take advantage of the physical world we interact with the physical world quite naturally but we, we really we're not really physicists even as brilliant as a cricket player might be in um, instinctively and uh, through practice measuring all the physical factors such as air resistance, gravity and all that sort of thing and wind and spin on the ball and which side of the ball is shiny and which side of the ball isn't even though he's very expert at kind of uh, being aware of all those sorts of measurements if you like um, when he runs along a boundary line and throws the ball into the stumps from 150 metres you know, and gets that damned packy out uh, look, we don't call him a physicist, we call him a cricketer because he's not actually doing the measurements I think to qualify as a physicist you have to be consciously aware, you know, drawing force diagrams and, you know, writing it all out on paper and doing the calculations, you know. And um, same goes for chemistry um, and biology. Chemists and biologists aren't doing all those sort of, you know, molecules and atoms banging together kind of measurements. They're more on a macro level, cooking, as it were, or observing what life is doing and all that sort of thing. I'll get back to that. Uh, I've reached my destination. Uh, yes, so that's my uh, way of figuring out why we have three different disciplines and more, but three major disciplines in you know, why we humans have developed three different dis disciplines uh, with respect to measuring or observing the physical world. Now we know there's another whole world of imagination and emotion, you know, and superstition and spirituality and all that sort of stuff you know and some people you know that I even know uh, pretty much spend their lives um, operating in that zone if you like and uh, and and judging whether people are switched on or switched off or smart or silly or wise or not um, according to how well those people think about those other things. You know, things like inspiration and, you know, how well you can um, love yourself and love others and all that sort of stuff, you know. There's a whole uh, zone of thinking that relates to all that stuff that's got nothing to do with what we would call uh, observing the physical universe, you know. And, and those sorts of people, you know, if you ask them to list the 10 greatest people in the world, you know, they might say, um, 
you know, Beyonce, um, Kanye West, uh, and people like that, you know, inspirational people, and a few self-help gurus from India or something, you know. Um, and, um, and, and when you speak to those people, they speak of nothing else. And, um, and, yeah, and, and, and those people operate um, in a zone where things like culture matters you know is the stuff yeah the measure of whether you're a good thinker for example um is all confined to it's a narrow um definition of um uh, everything that there is in the universe uh that confines itself to, you know, uh, well, culture, dance, relationships, all that sort of stuff. It's all absolutely vital things, vital stuff, but it's all to do with the humanities. It's just about all to do with the humanities, you know, human interactions on an emotional level and a spiritual level and a psychological level and all that sort of thing. And, uh, but there's a, you know, but that's only a portion of existence and that stuff will never get you an iPhone invented, uh, for example. Um, and um, there's a whole element of, there's a whole aspect of you know, that which is to be um, thought about in this universe that's got nothing to do with all of that. It's got nothing to do with even human existence per se um you know nothing you know like there's a whole world out there a whole universe out there that existed as far as we know you know unless you think the universe popped into existence as soon as you were born and will uh pop out of existence the day you die you know you're allowed to think that sort of stuff it's a bit egocentric and very human uh you know you're allowed to think that stuff but um if you took uh someone who uh spends their whole lives talking about stuff that eventually boils down to human relationships you know, and human inter, inter, introspection and human spirituality and, you know, human development and growth as a person, you know, and you becoming who you were meant to be and all that sort of stuff. Um, if you take that person and sort of say, let's have an intelligent discussion that doesn't involve anything to do with humans. Let's have a discussion about the universe um, excluding anything that's happening on earth you know for example you know, so that puts humans out of the picture um, you know and say come on let's let's just have a really big night of chatting you know and these people um, you know you can chat with them for weeks and months and years and you get to the end of all that and you suddenly realise, gee, we've only really talked about human interactions on an emotional level or a spiritual level, you know, or a psychological level. You know, you can spend a whole lifetime with someone like that and there's nothing wrong with that, you know. It is a very important part of our, our egocentric human existence to um, 
delve into all of that, but you can spend a whole lifetime with someone like that, and you get to, you know, and you just, and the both of you um, are 98 years of age, and you said, I've been your friend all my life, and, um, and they said, I've been your friend all my life too, and I said, but there's one thing that bugs me, we've never talked about anything except as relates to, you know, human relationships, you know, we've never actually talked about um, everything else in the universe. There's a whole world out there. And that other person might say, well, that's irrelevant. You know, I don't care about that stuff, which is fine. You know, but this is a physics um, a series of podcasts, episodes. Um, and to a certain, well, to a, not to a certain extent, to an absolute extent, um, Except we get into that murky area of, you know, physics still, in the end, does rely on us using our human senses to measure things, which is very tricky. But, you know, physics um, is an almost theoretical construct in which we imagine humans don't exist and um, that things are still happening in the physical world. You know, that's what we do. Like, every time we go back, even... 10 million years, you know, even back to the time of dinosaurs, we're imagining we don't exist. And, you know, there are people who spend their lives talking about that. You know, there are, um, there are uh, paleontologists, for example, and they spend their whole lives ignoring all that stuff that matters so vitally to other people. Uh, and a, paleont- a paleontologist, for example, uh, spends most of their thinking day days and weeks and months and years um discussing things or thinking about things that this other type of person who thinks beyonce and kanye and all that sort of stuff um uh, are uh are the greatest people on earth because uh, they happen to be thinking and inspiring um on a level that um, that person is interested in, no, that's fine. Um, but these paleontologists are dealing in a whole sphere of uh, existence in this universe in which um, someone like Beyonce has got nothing to offer whatsoever. You know, she's practically pointless and useless. You know, and uh, Kanye too, largely, as far as I can tell, and a few, and all sorts of other inspirational people. You know, in the world of physics, in this podcast, yeah, you know, because someone like um, Kanye West or Little Richard, you know, uh, uh, they get up and they say, "I am the greatest thing that ever lived." You know, but a physicist says, "All right, show me what you've got." Yeah, you know? or even a chemist or a biologist say, "All right, show us what you've got to offer me." Uh, if you're the greatest person that's ever lived um, and you have all the answers, tell me one thing that I might find interesting. Yeah, and Beyonce might say, and Kanye might say, um, shite, I've got nothing. I actually don't know anything that would be of interest to you. Um, I might even have to make this your problem and say that you're not very smart. Because, as a physicist, you are interested in things um, that I'm not interested in. So, by definition, I might uh, just declare you not, not 
um, not smart if that's all right. And then the physicist might say, well, you know, I did invent your iPhone into, you know, that is making you famous. Oh, says Kenya, yeah, I know, but I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm, thank you for the iPhone, but um, can I just ignore the fact that you exist from now on? And, you know, you might say as a physicist, well, would you like the next model of communication, you know? Ah, uh, oh, you know, you know, you know, a physicist might say, would you like, um, would you like a quantum computer one day? You know, so that you didn't even have to be carrying this iPhone around. I've seen you sing, Kanye, and when you sing, you're at the microphone and you're looking at your, you know, and when you preach, Kanye, you're looking at your phone. Um, don't you find that a little bit, you know, primitive? Wouldn't you like something even more advanced? Ah, says Kanye. Yes. And the physicist might say, well, you know, acknowledge me or I won't invent it for you. And Kanye might say, look, Kanye is a wise and, um, you know, something of a polymath as far as I can see. Um, yeah, he is interested in all that stuff and fascinating. Look, I've I found him to be quite a philosopher and all that sort of thing. I don't know if he knows anything about physics or chemistry or biology. Uh, but, you know, he does seem a curious kind of guy. So I bet he does. Yeah, I bet he knows things like, you know, speed equals distance over time and force equals uh, you know, um, work divided by distance and you know, all that sort of stuff. Uh, uh, yeah, that sort of thing. Um, so, uh, but still, you know, uh, yeah, my friend, you know, I'm 98 now and my friend is 98 and I really, there's a whole aspect of that which we find in the universe uh, being physics, chemistry and biology, let's say, and the way those three sciences operate, uh, you know, those three things being three things that you can study without any reference to human beings whatsoever. You know, you can study the animal kingdom and the plant kingdom if you like. Uh, if you want to talk about biology, you don't have to refer to humans. Um, these are, now, that's interesting about these three disciplines, biology, physics and chemistry. You can discuss them for a lifetime without referring to the human condition whatsoever you know? and it does get amoral I have found when you do that you know so a a proper scientist for example um, would have many years ago uh, before we knew about DNA and all that sort of thing observed that there are different groups of people in different places in the world and would have noticed that they at least look different from each other and act differently from each other. And the proper scientist, you know, let's say the anthropologist, the proper scientist, if that scientist is uh, virtuously thinking and observing these things with an indifferent eye without respect to worrying about how those things are feeling you know we do that with animals a lot not animal lovers they don't but you know we do um you know we we um 
we uh, we investigate the animal kingdom very often from a very um, non-moral perspective. You know, we watch we we watch a gazelle calmly eating grass and we actually video a lion creeping up on it and even animal lovers don't warn the gazelle that it is about to be subjected to excruciating torture and pain and soon enough death we just sit there and watch it and don't interfere. It's a funny thing, isn't it? Um, and we're very comfortable about that. To a certain extent, why, why shouldn't we do that with humans, you know? So, um, when you think about it, and animal lovers might agree with me there. Animal lovers might agree with me there. You know, what makes us so special? The fact that we think we're special? Yeah? our egocentricism, all that sort of stuff, you know. So this is what I'm getting at with scientists, and it can get very amoral because morality, I think, hits at that whole other zone that I was talking about in which, you know, it, it deals with our feelings, which is nothing to do with physics and chemistry and biology. Look, our feelings you know, and all the other things I talked about our spirituality and everything, there might be physics operating below those things, you know. Um, there might be interactions between the atoms in our brain, for example, and the quarks and the strangers and, you know, all the subatomic particles in our brains that are producing those feelings and all that sort of thing. But those things are not the feelings themselves. You know, they're just the vehicles, perhaps, that are causing those uh, feelings, and a lot of people argue that those feelings might come from some other source in the universe, or even external to the universe, whatever that means. Um, you know, things that they call God, for example. Um, yeah. uh, but, um, um, but even though physics may well underlie all those things such as humanitarianism for example yeah and human relationships and feelings and all that sort of stuff even though physics there might be some electrical activity well there is electrical activity that goes on in the brain which is physics yeah because physics is all about um physical things like that uh electrical activity you know electromagnetism you know um Look, physics is a lot about forces, physics, um, gravity and the way atoms in our brains are bumping into each other and all that sort of stuff, you know, measuring the forces of those things. So, you know, there is physics underlying even an emotional response like love and all that sort of stuff. But that doesn't mean that the love itself is physics. You know, that's like saying all chihuahuas are dogs, therefore, you know, all dogs are chihuahuas. You know, maybe it's something like that. You know, it doesn't go both ways. Um, yeah, but you look physical. You can, even though you can find some, some physics sitting below all the stuff that matters to you, 
if you think Beyonce is the Beyonce is the the greatest human being that has ever lived, or Kanye West, or whoever, Little Richard in my case. Um, even though physics underlies how those guys are operating in their molecular structure, you know, in all the nuclei and electrons and everything in their bodies, even though there's physics down there and the electrical activity, you know, uh, with the electrons moving around in their bodies and all that sort of stuff, even though there's physics down there, that which you find incredible about those people uh, can be ignored um, by the physicist and the biologist and the chemist um, without them, you know, the physicist, the chemist and the biologist being impeded in fully exploring their disciplines. So you can just ignore humans and just study animals and plants, really. Yeah, if you want to get into life and just study chemistry, chemical... Well, look, we've got chemistry in our bodies too, you know. Um, in our guts, there's acids in there breaking down um, foods, you know. And plants have got photosynthesis, you know. Now, we know there's physics underlying all of that. You know, that's a chemical reaction, photosynthesis. Um, but, you know, and physicists and even chemists know that you know, photosynthesis is something to do with light coming in and hitting, what is it, the chlorophyll or something in plants. Um, sorry, I'm rusty on biology. Um, and the light uh, via Einstein's equations, E equals mc squared, you know, something like that must be going on. And the light being converted or uh, into something else in the leaves of the plants, for example, or just activating things, yeah, you know. Um, the Look, I'm sure there is something chemical and all that. There is something physics going on down below, you know. Um, but what I'm getting at with all of that is that the physicist, the chemist and the biologist can lead, can explore their disciplines wholly and fully without um, without acknowledging uh, the feelings and spirituality of humans and human relationships and all that sort of stuff. So the true scientist, let's say 150 years ago, could have looked around the world and seen, for example, that there are all these different races you know, of people. Um, and this is where it gets very amoral because as soon as you strip away the human, human condition from whatever your discipline, your... Um, and, and, you know, and this would be a virtuous way to be a scientist would be to ignore the humanitarian aspect of our existence and people's feelings and all that sort of stuff. But then what you get, you end up being a Nazi, um, uh, doing experiments on twins and giving one of them, uh, giving one of them a dose of radiation and the other one are not just to see how quickly one dies compared to the other and all that sort of stuff, you know, giving one of them measles, you end up being a Nazi. Uh, but there's nothing wrong with that on a pure physics, biology, and chemistry level 
it's a virtuous scientist. Um, and, you know, way back in Captain Cook's time, Captain Cook actually, uh, for example, I just pulled him out of a hat because I've been talking about him a lot. Um, he suspected um, that all the different humans on Earth, he seemed to suspect that we were all the same in some way. You know, he was, he acknowledged that the indigenous people in Australia here, for example, seem to um, have a, a, um, a very full existence on a very human level. Um, but, um, but there was no reason for him to suspect that they had to be the same species as us. You know, that sort of thing. And this would be the virtuous scientist back then. If you went back in time, you who are listening, let's say you're a really good humanitarian and you're anti-racist and all that sort of stuff, you know, I'll jump into human relationships here for a minute to illustrate my point. Let's say you're an anti-racist and everything. You know, I take away now all the knowledge that scientists have given you about how similar we really are at a molecular level, you know, DNA and all that sort of stuff. I take away all that information from you such that you don't even know that you even once knew it, you know. So I give you a lobotomy and I take you, I take away everything that the scientist has taught you and I plant you back in this world and tell you to look around. Now, um, you know, walk down the street there are different people as you pass them and you, in your brain you can see some are more similar to each other than others. You know, you might see some Africans and you might see some Anglos, you know, um, and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, these are very human terms, so you would know those terms. That's, they're not scientific terms. They're terms arising from people who have observed where people come from. You don't need to be a scientist, you know. Um, to know that stuff um, we've had those terms even since before even science was anything like what it is today okay so and I ask you a question you know that person there and you for example let's say you're an African and I point out um, a Scotsman I say that guy over there is he the same species as you or is he a different species with a different brain capacity and all that sort of stuff and a different capacity to be spiritual and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And what right would you have to declare that he was the same as you? On what basis are you declaring that? You know, have you got a right? Um, you know, this is the whole area of feeling and human relationships and all that sort of stuff, you know. Um... But if you're a, uh, a true scientist and a virtuous one and all that sort of stuff, you might say, I've got no way of proving that. And you might say, well, I'd need to do a few experiments and tests to try and discover whether that person is a human in the same way that I'm a human. You, know, you might do that. You know, I've taken away all your knowledge of DNA. You know, we know this now, you know, because scientists have invented DNA and, you know, it was a great result. And we found out that we are all the same. We're all close cousins. No matter, you know, we humans that are left, we wiped out all this. There were other species and we wiped them out. Otherwise, it would be a very interesting debate in the world. Yeah, because we'd still have Neanderthals here, for example. And uh, 
how would we apply the humanitarian question if there were still Neanderthals in the world today? Uh, would we categorize them? Would we give them? Would we give them the same rights as we give them ourselves? You know? um, and then, if there were other types of uh, great apes who have gone extinct, are still alive in the world today, would you, as a humanitarian, these these aren't humans in the same way we're humans. These other ones, you know, what were they? Homo erectus and Homo habilis and all that sort of stuff. You know, whatever they were, um, if they were still around us right now. Um, and then there were the Denisovians, you know, there was a species too. They've all been wiped out. We wiped them all out. So we're only left with Homo sapiens, Homo sapiens sapiens or whatever we're called, you know. So we have been able to come up with this wonderful conclusion that we're all the same. And pop singers sing songs now. We are, we are, we are all the same, you know. And um, anyone who disagrees with that... Get, gets chortled at. Well, of course we are all the same, you know. Look, I've, I've, I've digressed a little bit slowly there, but I'll bring it back. Um, but what right do you have to say that we are, we are all the same? Well, you have got a right to say that in the 21st century because we've proven it. But if you go back in time, I don't think you've got much of a right to say all that. And you, if you were a virtuous person, you might say, I really should test before I make such wild claims. Yeah, and you might do things like the Nazis did in testing yeah look maybe you are a nice person and wouldn't even want to hurt a fly in which case you wouldn't do nazi style mengel what was his name um experiments on twins and all that sort of stuff and have one twin die of measles and the other one die of bubonic plague and see which one dies quicker in the interests of science you know what i mean uh i will bring this back very soon um but i don't think you'd have a right if you were captain cook for example to assume that indigenous people here in Australia were human in the same way that you were human. And I'm not sure that you even would if you were back in his time. And I think he was a bit more enlightened than the average person in his time, in as much as he did seem to notice or observe. You know, he had a keen eye that, there, that we, they were humans in the same way we were humans. Um, Look, we were starting to advance already by then. Um, and, you know, and um, Indigenous people had no right on a scientific level and therefore a logical level to assume that these white ghosts coming in these strange ships from overseas were human in the same way that they, the Indigenous people, were human. And I think there's some evidence of that where um, Indigenous people doubted that we were, in fact, human. You know, they suspected that we might be ghosts. They expected they suspected we might be different species, whatever you know, using their whatever however you translate into their language, all of that. But you know, I don't think that's wrong. Um, yeah, and it does make me think again. Um, if we did still have a few of these other species of great apes, which were a lot closer to us, um, what would be well? as you are listening to me, what would be your attitude towards those people? Would you declare them to have the same human rights as you? You know, when they are closer um, to, you know, by our reckoning anyway, um, the chimpanzees and the bonobos. In terms of how distant they are from us, you know, closer, you know what I mean? They are not the same as us species-wise. You know, what if we do find an island of great apes who are uh, using tools and have language and all that sort of stuff and believe in gods and all that sort of stuff, but they're not us. 
you know, would you declare human rights to those guys? Yeah, would you um, would you insist on human rights for them and all the same? Yeah, like if, would you say, listen, if you become a citizen of Australia, for example, you have all the same rights as us? You know, or would you say, no, you're not quite human? Would you do that? And if you would do that, why aren't you declaring chimpanzees to be humans? Because chimpanzees haven't been wiped out yet, and they are our cousins, so on and so forth. You know, this is all, um, this is all that whole layer of discussion that a lot of people, my 98-year-old friend and I, have been talking about all this, these past 78 years, you know, since we were 20 together, we've just been talking like that all the time, which is basically what my podcast as a whole has been talking about, mostly before I got on to physics. Um, but all of that chat is kind of the, in that zone, you know, and of you know, human relationships and rela- our relationships with animals, you know, how we feel and our spiritualism and all that sort of stuff, which in, these, in this series of episodes is not technically relevant. It doesn't matter, you know. If Beyonce, Beyonce um, inspires... A, uh, four billion people to be better the physicist the chemist and the biologist um, de- says to themselves oh, what's that that's so what I'm ignoring humans altogether I don't care whether Beyonce has is the most wonderful and inspirational thing for every single human on the planet she's irrelevant Okay, I got interrupted there by a phone call incoming uh, on the device into which I speak these podcasts, you know, which is always a risk and it's, it's always a good thing uh, once one of my monologues has gone past half an hour uh, because I can just drop whatever I was talking about and you can join the dots and imagine where I was going. Look, you know what I was getting at. Um, but... All of that just goes to the idea that um, you know, I'm getting myself back in the other zone, the zone that is physics. Yeah. And I may do another series of podcasts another day on chemistry and another one on biology, but um, just going right back to what I was talking about at the start, um, physics, uh, biology and chemistry are all doing the same thing in as much as they're three disciplines in which we can carry out physical experiments in the universe. Not anecdotal ones, you know, um, you know uh, to do with human feelings, but physical ones where we can actually, you know, in chemistry, you can put a pink mixture Oh, let's, sorry, let's say we can put a, um, a blue uh, can of paint and mix it with a yellow can of paint and we see a green can of paint, bigger can of paint, uh, as a result, you know, and that's sort of, um, is that chemistry? Um, look, underlying even that is physics, you know, because, you know, light 
light waves, let's say, um, bouncing off the paint. Look, you know what I'm talking about. Chemistry is talking about mixtures um, and all that sort of stuff. And the way, uh, you know, look, we know underlying chemistry, there's physics, you know, the way electrons and protons and neutrons are knocking against each other and exerting forces on each other. We know that's all down there. But chemistry um, is a little bit like cooking in as much as it, it um, it knows all that stuff's happening down below. When you're baking a cake, you know that there's physics going on down deep below your cake at the atomic level, atoms and protons knocking against each other. But for the purpose of describing at a more macro level what's happening, um, you know, your cake is being hit, your dough is being heated and then it firms up. You know, the bonds between all the molecules, you know, uh, become stronger and all that sort of stuff by some mechanism of chemistry you know that's cooking cooking is chemistry and chemistry is cooking i guess um you know chemistry is a discipline all on its own in which we don't measure the little forces in between all the molecules and the atoms and things banging against each other and we don't care about the gravity acting on all the molecules in the cake you know or or in the test tube if if there's a um if you're doing it in a chemistry lab, you know, um, we know there's physics way down below, but that is not the essence of the chemistry. The chemistry of what is happening when you cook a cake um, is more on a macro level. And by macro, I mean even the way uh, molecules, the structure of molecules, you know, the, the modeling, that's the way to put it, the modeling of um, the way molecules and atoms even hang together you know we're not getting into that area where you know measuring the vibrations between the molecules the actual how many newtons um interrupted again i'm going to have to stop soon um yes chemistry um is more about what's happening at a more macro level, um, modelling um, how, or you know, after all the bagging of the molecules has happened, and all that, and the, you know, the, the forces between the molecules and all that sort of stuff, you know, modelling the result, you know, and what all the different um, you know, atoms look like and categorising them, like in a periodic table, you know, and all the molecules that have this, you know, this this all all the all the uh, molecules over to the right here, you know, act like metals, you know, and allow electrons to flow through them more easily, and the ones over here don't, and all that sort of stuff. You know, that's chemistry. It's more the macro level per se, and categorising things in terms of the way they present to us. Right? It's still science. Um, we can still measure and observe it, so it's still science, but that's chemistry. And life, the same thing, you know, we can just see how DNA works and all that sort of stuff. We're not actually measuring, you know, uh, the forces that are, inter that are going on between the uh, atoms in the DNA strand, um, but we are, you know, we are observing how the DNA uh, strands actually work present to us and all that sort of stuff you know so biology and chemistry seem to me uh, to be um, assuming 
that the physics is underlying there, but not actually focusing on all those forces and things and saying, now, all right, let's forget about all that stuff down there. You know, we know all that's there. Um, electrostatic forces and gravity and, you know, strong forces and weak nuclear forces and quarks and strangers. We know all that stuff's happening at a subatomic level and, you know, we know the way that things are banging against each other, you know, and physics can even um, happily talk about how, you know, two billiard balls are banging against each other and all that sort of stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, chemistry says, all right, let's put all that aside, all that physics, and let's categorise and model how all these things are presenting to us, you know. And a biologist might say, let's, let's just ignore um, the actual electrostatic forces between all the um, protons and the neutrons and the electrons in a, a sperm and an egg, for example, you know, in reproduction, and, and at a more macro level, uh, model what's happening there to create, to make reproduction happy, uh, happen. Um, so, you know, I think that's a way to look at it. Um, chemistry and biology are the sciences of explaining, uh, on the one hand, how mixtures and things um, interact, you know, and how, uh, how, you know, like, for example, unstable um, uh, uh, powders react when fire is applied, boom, you know, uh, explosion, um, and all that sort of stuff. That's chemistry, but it doesn't actually measure the billions, you know, if TNT is suddenly exploded. Um, Chemistry will describe that on a more macro level and say, well, you know, that happened because you put flame together with an unstable, uh, a mixture that is, a powder that is known to be unstable, and the result is boom, 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 and there's your chemistry, you know. And then they describe how it is, their models of how it is that that mixture that powder was unstable. Yeah, that's all on a macro level, but they don't go down lower and measure the forces of all the atoms knocking together. That's physics way down there. Um, but chemistry is at that higher level. Yeah, you don't actually uh, measure the forces way down low. That's physics. You measure um, how. Um, on a more macro level, all the thi- all the atoms and everything, um, uh, what the result is. If you put those two things together, fire and um, fire and uh, unstable powder, you know, and biology the same, you know, um, we know that atoms are knocking together, and protons and neutrons and electrons, you know in a leaf and we know that light is incoming and we can do experiments and we call that photosynthesis where um you know we can measure the growth of the leaf and all that sort of stuff but we're not you know and that is um you know how quickly the leaf grows you know the biological life cycle and all that sort of stuff and how long it lasts before it dies you know like it's got something coded into it um by God, you know, the chemist might even say, if he's religious, um, that a human lifespan, you know, each one of us seems to be coded with a lifespan in advance. How does that happen? And we'll say, well, we don't know the physics of it. 
you know, but we know the biology of it, you know what I mean? Uh, the physics is happening below, but the biology of it, expl- you know, by experiment and all that sort of stuff, you know. So you, in this way, I think physics is the very basic uh, stuff in nature, the way things knock together, you know, the forces things exerted on each other and all that sort of stuff. Um, and, you know, chemistry is more about uh, um, experimenting to see how, when you put, you know, large batches of these things together, how, you know, how that presents to us and modelling all of that. So physics is about the forces between all the bits and pieces of the universe. You know, whether that's a, a billiard ball or, you know, the force, you know, how, how many... Um, how many newtons of electro, what is it, static force exists between an electron and a proton in an atom, you know, and how, how much, um, you know, all, all the different forces there. Um, and there's a repulsive force there. Um, so um, physics is that underlying really uh, um, basic stuff of the forces that exist between things in the universe. For example, that seems I seem to talk a lot about force, so force must be a big thing in physics. Um, chemistry is more like cooking, you know, modelling how you know, things at a more macro level, which means even molecules. Molecules are macro compared to electrons, you know. Um, how uh, they present to us, you know, and categorising all that through periodic tables and all that sort of stuff. So it's more like cooking and categorising. You know, a periodic table is almost like um, the items that you might put in a recipe um, and that sort of stuff. And biology is the same sort of thing. You know that there's physics underneath there, forces happening deep down low, um, but um, life. Molo- uh, biology is about... Um, Biology is about um, how um, how uh, about this thing we notice about things um, being able to grow, for example. You know? Yeah, look, I'll leave it to a biology podcast to come up with. You know, I might make it do a biology podcast one day, and I'll try and come up with a definition of what life is mm-hmm. uh, but physics is not about life per se uh, life has physics in it but physics doesn't have to have life in it you know what I mean physics is lower physics is the lowest I think the most fundamental is that fair and you know the most fundamental interactions in the universe between matter and energy all right how's that sound and um and biology and chemistry is at a higher level where we categorize how um once all the atoms and molecules have all come together in very uh you know uh, different you know the manifestation of all that physics how that presents to us, you know, and we categorise that in terms of um, biology and chemistry. How's that sound? And right at the end of this, I will just say that, yes, you can start, you know, you might be tempted now, you might be my 98-year-old friend, and I'm 98 too, and you're sitting there and you say, oh, yes, but, um, yeah, and you're just itching to get it back to human interactions and human feelings and relationships, and you start saying, um, 
Well, um, now I actually think, you know, because you've been listening patiently, listening patiently because you're a very good friend, you've been listening patiently to me for the last 40 minutes, talking about all this, physics, biology and chemistry, and you've been dying to, because you're not interested in any of that, you've been dying to bring it back to how, um, how... Uh, physics could be sitting behind human feelings and all that sort of stuff, you know. And to that I said, listen, we've just spent 78 years talking about the human experience. So just tonight at dinner, tonight, can we just ignore humans, the human condition, you know, your emotions and your spirituality and everything. Can we just not talk about God or anything? And they said, but I want to. Look, no, I've been fair for 78 years. I've been talking about all that stuff and we have talked about, you know, whether physics could be behind our spirituality and all that sort of stuff. We have talked about that over the years. Um, but can we just, just one night, can we please, we're 98, I'm going to be dead soon, just for one night, can we put the humans aside? And then my friend turns to me and says, I don't feel we can be friends anymore. And I said, oh, um... All right, order a bottle of wine and tell me again about Kanye. Put on that rap song again. (laughs) So, Charlie, honestly, think about everything that Kanye West has achieved in the world. The amount of people he is inspiring, you know. And Beyonce too. And and your little Richard. Honestly, all things considered, can you think of anyone greater? Oh, well, I reply over dinner. Uh, what about that bloke John O'Sullivan from Sydney? Uh, who um, invented Wi-Fi? What? John O'Sullivan. The guy who invented Wi-Fi, you know. How many people in the world are not using that? Uh, Has he done any rap songs, Charlie? Uh, I don't think he's actually got into rap, no. But he's got into, you know, he invented Wi-Fi. That's pretty good, isn't it? This dinner suddenly got boring, Charlie. Can we get the bill? I know, you're not supposed to be flippant about uh, serious matters, tragedies, such as the Holocaust especially, Um, oh and that little potato famine thing, but the Holocaust, Um, and you know, whatever trials and tribulations uh, you've got on, you know, these things matter. Well, I know that. I was just making a philosophical point, you know. Um, which you're not allowed to make these days, I know. Uh, but I did anyway. Uh, for better or worse.